Welcome to another episode of the Safeties Off Show presented by Kepler Creek Outdoors. Today's an incredible episode. We talked to Nathan from HuntWise. We talk about the app. We talk about hunting. We talk about a ton of stuff. But before we do get to that, let's talk about our sponsors. Our first sponsor is Dirty Duck Coffee. And if you're watching us on YouTube, you can check out this sweet cup I got this past weekend from those guys. This hat and the one that Jacob's got on. Sweet little uh, army camo. Is it? OCP. I mean, we call it OCP. Oh, OCP. Yeah, okay. Cool guy. Cool guy. Service guy. Anyways, use code KCO15 to check out Dirty Duck Coffee Company. They got some sweet apparel. They got some even better coffee. So hit those guys up. Check that out today. They'll be on the pod soon. Excited about that. Yeah. Levi and one of the owners, Buck. uh, Like, just super cool down-to-earth dudes that I'm fired up about being business or being in business with. I'm fired up about that. So uh, our next sponsor is the Dino Climbing Company. And so you're probably thinking, what the heck? Why are the Kepler Creek Outdoors guys sponsored by a Dino Climbing Company? Because obviously I'm not climbing nothing. Yeah, Jacob's not climbing anything. It's 6'5". I don't need it, to get any taller. Yeah, you don't need to get any taller or any higher. So, Jacob, you want to uh, tell us about Dino Climbing Company real quick? It's not just a climbing pre-workout. It's a pre-adventure supplement. Okay, that makes it way cooler. That is way cooler. That it makes it way cooler. So, it comes in two flavors right now. Uh, they got pina colada and what's the other one? I got some pina colada on the way. They got Bigfoot Berry and pina colada. I got pina colada on the way. I'm fired up about it. I'm going to take it. I'm a teacher and a coach, so I'm going to take it in the afternoons instead of an energy drink. Uh, because it's supposed to get your brain going too, and I need all the help I can get. I'm already fired up. So hit, hit those guys up. Check them out on Instagram, Dino Climbing Company. Or you can order from their website, which is thedinocompany.com. That's the D-Y-N-O company.com. And then our last presenting sponsor of the day is going to be the one the episode's about, HuntWise. Guys, just to get my little 20-second spill on HuntWise, on the outside, on the outside, you may think it's just a hunting app that shows you maps. It's way more, and we're going to get into that in the episode. But if you want to try it out, download it. It's free for a while. You can start a trial, but when you do have to pay for it, make sure you type in the, the code KCO20. It's for Kepler Creek Outdoors, KCO20 to get 20% off. So, yeah, let's get after it. Bro, I almost caught that one got that heater on full blast you got all the windows down and you're just <laughs> <such a heat. laughs> uh we appreciate you coming on man just a you know a small podcast like this and appreciate you giving right. us the opportunity to use the app this year yeah absolutely man absolutely i'm excited to see what you guys think and uh put it through the ringer i, I was like genuinely kind of pissed off at the whole hunting community when I found out about HuntWise. Like I had, I didn't know about it until this year. Hey, you know, you know, some secrets come now, some secrets come later. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I guess, guess it's like, like Christmas in July. <laughs> yeah, like I, I used a competitor, and um, I think me and you talked about this. I teach hunters ed, and so I like, yep. I like to use this, you know, this your app now, uh, just to kind of show, like, uh, you know, here's some WMAs and this, you know. The topography, we kind of talk about that. And, yeah. just, you know, like it may be a good spot to hunt this or, you know, what species may be here, yada, yada, yada. So now I can use this for teaching purposes. But, you know, for those, awesome. that, 
for for people that are listening and don't know about Huntwise, Huntwise on the very like base part of it is a map that tells you who owns what land. You know, just yeah. that's that's the basic part. But the part that blows my pea brain um is is not the, hard. It's not hard. But <laughs> is the deer cast. So will you will you kind of explain that to me and, and to everybody? Yeah. yeah. So I guess initially it's like um Huntway started in the basement of our founder. Um, you know, he worked full time. He had like family, uh, he had a full time job and like really he's trying to optimize his time, like when should I go hunting? You know, what I mean, like I have limited bandwidth, only a certain amount of PTO I can get off. Um, his buddies have been pestering him because he went to school for computer science, like, hey man, you should come up with something that'll help us figure out when we should go hunting. And it's like all right, let me put something together. So, you know, he spends like his nights and weekends, stuff like that. And initially it came out for like this, uh, it was initially called Sportsman Tracker. was the name of the app originally. And it was, he put it out in the market. Like this is back in the time when you could sort of create an app, throw in the app store and just see what happens. Like there wasn't as, yeah, exactly. 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 And, you know, he had like, you know, a few hundred thousand downloads in like a short period of time. It was like, I think I might have something here. So, you know, he started like, you know, building out more. Um, he started doing some like idea pitch competitions, um, just like went around sort of trying to raise some money and some capital and yeah, started building a team together. And I think it was back in 2015, we actually sort of rebranded because we had initially like a hunt and a fish, but it was all combined sportsman tracker. And just to serve the two different kind of demographics, we realized that, hey, we really need to sort of focus on one or the other. It's two separate use cases in some ways. Some overlap, but two really specific things we wanted to focus on. So that's where uh, HuntWise came from. And um, you know, in that same time period, we realized, hey, we need to provide sort of weather and mapping together because those two sort of can speak to each other. Right. Um, and that's where it's like, hey, we... There's some great people out there who's you know starred everything almost like on X with mapping stuff like that. They did great to help people find public land, but you know we're a lot more uh, east of the Mississippi, like whitetail based. We're based on like I said, out of Grand Rapids, Michigan, and we really wanted to do something that really helped whitetail hunters. Um, initially, it was just like, hey, you can put a pin down, you can see what wind direction, you can preset that for your stand. That way, it sort of helps take out that guesswork of, hey, how will the wind change based on the uh, next forecast or how many hours and how's the wind shift how will this affect my sit so that's sort of where like that hunt cast kind of version that you we're talking about the weather side really came into more of the forefront of what we started doing we started doing like you know the mapping is definitely helpful for you know where can i go hunting with a public land landowner information landowner phone numbers that they're publicly available what we also want is other component of like helping people optimize their time of like when should i go hunting Cause that's the biggest question. If you have like, you know, X amount of PTO days, you have family, you have kids, you have XYZ right. going on, you know, not many of us, including ourselves get to have just unlimited time to be in the field and hunt, you know, that'd be the dream, but yeah, no you know, we still have to figure everything else out. So yeah, it's really to help people optimize their time, figure out, you know, where to go hunting and when to go hunting. And, um, about three years ago now, we, uh, met up with a gentleman named Jeff Sturgis. Um, he does like a white, whitetail habitat solutions. Like he's big into land management also just has like decades of just like information about deer movement. And so we teamed up with him and sort of built this hunt cast out to basically get really dialed in on like peak, you no know, buck movement, you no know, 
those fonts, you know, typically they'll go on the normal kind of pattern of feeding, embedding, et cetera. But we really are trying to make something more, even more dialed in for, you know, bucks and, you know, how mature deer move and stuff like that. So, so yeah. So with, with the deer movement and whatnot, obviously that varies from state to state. Like just we're in Louisiana. So even in, in Louisiana, uh, you see these graphs every year. I have no idea how accurate they are, but like when the rut starts and stuff like that, like peak movement. So how are you guys like, how are y'all pinpointing like, you know, here, like the parishes or well, the rest of the United States yeah. counties, you know, how, how are yeah. y'all able to pinpoint that? So we use a lot of like state data. We use a lot of um, the estrus cycle of deer. Okay. So obviously there's a certain breeding time period and then how they track now when deer uh, are born. There's also some really cool data points you can pull from other, I guess, non-hunting or non-government agencies, like almost like even, you know, accident reports of like, hey, if there's peak deer accident reports, you know, there's sometimes where there's movement coming through. So there's a lot of different ways you can pull in information that really speak to like, hey, this is the next cycle of the rut. You know, it's a pre-rut, the rut, there might be a second, third. I know like where you guys are in Florida, like it's, it's a wild west. It's still something my Midwest brain doesn't fully comprehend of like there could be multiple ruts that just go on and on kind of thing. Um, yeah. Well, yeah, it's definitely interesting. That, that's that's, that's what, interesting to me yeah. that the data, I'm a big data guy. Like I, mm-hmm. like I got to have some kind of evidence to, to, to point me in the right direction. Like I want to get all the information and stuff. And to know that it's not just that y'all are gra- grabbing all the data you can get and yeah. trying to like come up with a good solution and a good uh, hypothesis, I guess. Of okay, with the big word. Let's go. Yeah, let's go. I'm from oh, Michigan. Man. Didn't yeah. go to Michigan, but I'm Air from Force Mich- guy. I, I'm very smart. <laughs> so his mom says. I got a public education. Yes. There no, we that, go. There I mean, we that go. does make sense though to pull like I never in a billion years would have thought you were going to tell me like car accident reports. That makes sense, you know, but it makes a hundred, like it makes a ton of sense. Like you see deer that are nocturnal on the road. Well, Hey, look, your peak moving is at this time, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's some interesting things too. Just like, you know, there's been a lot of research um, over the decades and thankfully there's the people who sort of paved the way and like knowing that this information is important just to maintain deer populations, maintain, you know, whole everything with like, you know, state regulations, you know, working with the DNR that it's very important to figure out exactly like, what's the population like, how can make sure it's a healthy population. And thankfully there's a lot of time and effort resources that go into managing that, that, you know, we can pull in that. So right. yeah, it's been great. It's been great. So you guys kind of work hand in hand with every state's biology department. You know, biology. Yeah, we do. Our, yeah, we do our best. We have a lot of great state relations. Um, you know, it's amazing to me, just like in this space specifically, like, how tight relationships are like i think we're such a community focused kind of space and just like pulling those connections and it just creates better for the community if like you know everyone understands there's an end goal we all like you know we can have different jobs different backgrounds different different xyz but you know we all have this one single kind of like passion that we all share that makes you know whether sharing information or working towards a greater cause per se um that makes it be relatively easy to find this information or once you have those relationships are developed and you no, know, um, going forward. So, yeah, yeah that's good. one thing just, I mean, you say relationships in this community, like the hunting community, you know, we've, we've been on Instagram forever and we decided to do this podcast and just like, Hey, let's just use our Instagram. Let's see who will come on and talk about deer hunting or duck hunting or, yeah. or outdoors or whatever. And like, there's been very few people that have been like, nah, can't do like, 
I, actually, there's not been no one that has just flat out told me no. There's yeah. been people that just like my message, and I'm like, all right, I get it. You don't, you don't, you don't have time for it right now. It's fine. But you know, there's people like you, and, and from other, uh, you know, other areas in hunting, like they're they're more than willing to to talk about it or whatever. And yeah. I think things like the HuntWise app, and you know, I teach. So seeing these kids, and I unfortunately teach middle school. Don't fire me, my boss. But uh, you know, middle school kids are so technology based. And so they want to sit in the classroom or sit at home like I do. I mean, you know, as a 30-year-old dude, like, I, I kind of want to e-scout. Like, I do that all the time now. Mm -hmm. I've got 10 minutes. I'm just looking around this land, or, you know, just see what, what water's around me or whatever. So I think you're kind of playing into the, to the future of the outdoors. Right. Right. Yeah, that's a big thing, too, that we're really focused on. It's like, you know, this next generation of, like, hunters and, like, um, you know, you start to meet them where they're at. You can't sort of demand them to adapt to how things have been historically. There's some core things that do that have to stay foundational, but things like this, that we think there's a great opportunity to, you know, meet people where they're at, you know, from wherever kind of background or interest level that hopefully we're providing something of value that they can sort of gravitate towards and find useful and hopefully help them be successful. Yeah. I think, I think when I show the kids this and I show them the deer cast and stuff, they're going to be fired up. Uh, well, I think it takes a lot of like being able to e-scout, you know. Yeah, e-scout's huge. It, if you're hunting out of state, like we we we'll go up to Kansas or Arkansas or whatever, we don't really have, you know, talking about that we don't have a lot of time off. Yeah. You can't, you can't burn a day the first couple of days. I mean, just looking around. You know, and yeah. if you could take some of that guesswork out, you know, on the public on the public land side and you know, kind of see the layout of the land from from and they're up very updated satellite images. Right. Like there's stuff on there. I was like, how's that even on there? But, uh, <laughs> but also with, uh, you know, what I think is cool about the app is, is you, you coming in for the, the app, the, the maps probably. Right. But then you stay in for the, the hunt cast and the gear and yeah. the percentage off all the gear and stuff, which is absolutely nuts. Mm-hmm. Like there's, yeah. there's different aspects of it. I mean, you guys have, I mean, you're killing it. Like you've got different aspects within a map app. Like, you know, if it's, if it's a map app, it's boring. Let's just be honest. If it's a map app, it's kind of boring. Like you're like, all right, it's a sweet map. It's cool. But like, I'm going to stay on the app more. I'm going to see, Oh, look, I can get 10%, 30% off this. Or I might look at the hunt cast and look at all my different stands around. Mm-hmm. Check that out. So, okay. Back to hunt cast real quick. I told Jacob yeah. to say this before. So I feel like, and I want to get your opinion on it. Are you married first off? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yep. so this is great. It's gonna hit right in your wheelhouse here. <laughs> I feel like the hunt cast is is like a superpower, and if it gets in the wrong hands, it's it's gonna be miserable. <laughs> like if my wife finds out about the hunt cast, and she's like, "Hey, it's a twenty percent chance today. You're coming with me, you know, and the kid. And we're going to do this. Like we're going to look at Christmas lights. Chances are yeah. good today. Yeah, chances are looking good today. Like on the flip side, hey, if it's a four or five gear day. It's like, babe." Yeah, I go. Like that's true. It's like and the thing is too, like, you know, we try to do like up to like a fourteen day forecast and obviously weather can change a little bit, but if you can give as much heads up notes like you know, beyond seven days, like ten days out, whatever, okay, this day's looking good. You I'm all, like the one thing too, I don't know if I ever talked we talked about this, but you can set you can create a haunt area or a property and you can actually set an alert for that property so like a push notification so it's like hey i only want to be notified when there's like an 80 percent chance of being a good day of buck movement so you set that up and then you know time passes by you can set the dates that you want to be notified and then bing 
get notification, check your phone. It's like, oh yeah, this I got one right now. Actually, <laughs> really see it, but yeah, yeah, ten minutes ago. Looks like uh, now they have the set for a different uh, species and stuff like that. But you get ping. It's like, all right, I know this is on the horizon. Let me set the expectations with the uh, with the wife and say, hey, next week Thursday. Yeah, is it cool with you? Like I'm giving you a heads up, so I'm not. It's not last minute. I'm just trying to. Make sure communications clear, expectations are set that this day I would really, really like the green light to go out. You know, other days it doesn't look good. I'll be able to hang out, yeah. whatever, XYZ, but that's yeah. a fantastic, so that's, that's a fantastic sales pitch, Nathan. That was a great yeah. comeback. I was not expecting that. <laughs> like my counter, I was gonna say maybe on Fridays, y'all could always just or like y'all could always just set Saturday mornings as a good day so that every guy yeah. would have the excuse to go to the deer camp. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, oh, you don't, it's another five deer day gotta go yeah, yeah oh babe i don't know what keeps happening every saturday morning is a five deer morning i gotta go do you see anything like no yeah it's 30 miles an hour wind yeah i know it's crazy right yeah, must be pushing something it's crazy man these hunt wise guys but man. it's in my face yeah Wind's yeah. in my face is good and i'm just gonna yeah, tell her science I, I i use the app uh actually when i was in michigan last couple days ago we fish the river and it's this kind of weird thing, but like, I, I'm always interested in who owns land. Oh, like, you were looking for steal from that's what he was doing. Thief. <laughs> but like we were cruising the river and you know, I'm, you know, I haven't been there. I haven't lived there in 13 years. So, you know, we're cruising the river and I'm like, who owns that house now? And I'm like, Oh, I got, I got an app. Let, yeah. me, let, let me check. Yeah. It out. Oh, Jimmy Angus owns that now. You know, it was, it was kind of interesting just to be able to use that quickly see who owns a property and i think that that going back to that kansas thing you know going yeah. to kansas you don't have a lot of time to go knocking on doors so one if the, you can get a hold of it early. one of the best tips that i've sort of started using this for and you know it's a secret i probably shouldn't say but i use zillow mm -hmm. and i use huntwise together i'll look for properties that are just only lots of land certain acreage you know we can go like you know 25 or 50 acres or above i know that these people are trying to sell the land so they either are trying to move it or they, they don't really care you see if you can get a hold of them use how i see who owns it give them a call and say hey can i have permission on this chunk of land like, obviously you're you're trying to sell it you know i might right. be interested or i know someone like it's just like one of those things like you know that their um hesitancy goes way down because like, you know they're trying to sell it. they don't care as much yeah. That makes sense. So, what, a know, what a cheat code. Yeah, yeah that makes man. a whole lot of sense. What a cheat yeah. code. So even if you're looking for, like, you know, there's public, but if there's, like, you know, pieces of private near public or XYZ and you see it's for sale on Zillow, it's like, ooh, let me see who owns that, see if I can contact with them, give them a call, XYZ, or even go through Zillow sometimes, too, like, hey, talk to the agent, hey, I'm trying to see if I can get hold of the landlord because I'm interested not to buy it, but maybe to hunt it. Do you think that'd be okay? And, you know, agents so that they want any kind of lead that they can get you know right. like, oh maybe potential potential right so that's a little secret nugget out there i'll toss that out there so. what a, that was free that was free to <laughs> that's the, that's a, that one's a free one yeah free pro was, tip. yeah free pro tip so, so I, I before you know the app and before these kind of apps started coming out i used to my thing was i would go on like the, the county or the parish tax assessor and you could type in the the address Mm -hmm. It would pop up the the owner or whatever, but the problem with with land is, 
because there's really not an address a lot of the time. So you're like trying to put in a lot number or, and that's impossible. Well, what's you're sweet about the Hawaii's app is that let's say you did have an address and you, you thought it was like a, a, just on a road. Mm-hmm. You can type in, correct me if I'm wrong, Nathan, you can type in the address and it will bring you straight to it. Mm-hmm. Correct. There's two ways to search it. How, it's, it's the address. Yeah, then- we have address or landowner name. So it's served for both kinds of situations. If you know of like, no, John, I know John Smith is a bad example because there'd be a, bu- a bunch, but if you even type in like, you know, name and try to get closer to like, we have to try to search from your geographic location, from like who's closer and then spreads out farther. Um, but yeah, address and landowner name are two options to find parcels and properties like that. Yep. So, and he he said the word species, and it made me think about this. I forgot. Uh, you guys have waterfowl, turkeys. Like, there's a tons of species that you can get. It's yeah. Not like deer cast, you know. So yeah. Could, what's what's going on with the waterfowl? Because I know waterfowl is super hard to track. It's it is. At least. It is, and I think you know that's where I think you know. In the our, our focus has always been whitetail, but as we're getting that more and more dialed in. With our hunt cast and working with Jeff, is like, man, can we find a Jeff Sturgis of waterfowl? Someone who knows East Coast, West Coast, you know, the central flyways, like know the migration patterns. And that's the thing with the app too. It's like I've had buddies in Montana and um who guide or just like when the snowies come up, they're like, they use our app to call farmers. Say, hey, you see yeah. that there's a bunch coming in. And the farmer's like, green lights go, kill them all. Like they don't want them. Right. So yeah, it's like you them. can usually, cause like that's the thing of hunting, like for white tails, like, you know, there's sort of limitations of their you no know, bandwidth, but the migration patterns, those will change from time to time where it's like, you can't just have a single property because, you know, if their migrations, you know, changes a little bit, like it might be a no go. So you always have to probably be a little bit more mobile when it comes to waterfowl. And that's something that's been really interesting for us. Like, um, but then like figuring out where's the flyways, how's it changing? How can we get that data source coming in um, for that specific one? Because like you said, it's a little bit trickier to manage, but you know, I think we're going to have some relationships in that, in that space that we're looking at, trying to build that out a little bit more um, for the future. You know, Jeff and uh, our you know, product lead, um, Andy, they're both big into waterfowl. So we definitely have a voice of waterfowl in the office trying to no, sneak in some ways on how we can make it better and better for that. So yeah, yeah we'll pretty, see here soon. So one thing I, I think of is um, obviously they ban ducks. Like I killed a duck here in Louis, North Louisiana that was banded in Sparta, Ontario, uh, Canada. And so that's like, wild. Yeah, it is wild. And it was my second duck of all time, which pisses everyone off when I tell <laughs> that part of the story. You know, people, some people hunt down here their entire life. And then they're like, I've never even been on a hunt when a band was killed. Um, you know, so it's just wild, but I mean, you may or may not have thought about this, but like, do y'all think that that'll ever be a something within hunt wise that you like ban, you know, uh, ducks or you put a radio transmitter on a deer or a duck or. Well, I think on the flip side, I think if the, you know, just as, you know, if you shoot a bandit, you report it. And so it gives right. the information back to the, um, the state, but maybe even adding ways within the app that we work with a state agency that they, it's easy just like pull up pull up like hey a report type in what you shot where you were what the tag was take a picture and submit it that way it's uh, probably a better digital flow um, right probably easier for people to submit that information um because you know states want everyone to do it but sometimes you know, people don't do it unfortunately mm-hmm. but i have to look it up it, I, go ahead i'm sorry 
I was like, just make it easier for people to do that. And that way, like, we'll be able to source some of that data from, you know, as people, you know, shoot and register, um, you know, banded birds and stuff like that. that. That's information we can help and helps us get better, helps the states get better. And yeah. Right. Yeah. It would help the entire like nation. Like, cause I'm pretty sure it would have to, the, the bird I kill would have to have been a federally banded yeah, a bird. Federal, it, yeah. A federal ban because there are, there are organizations here, like in Louisiana, like LSU, uh, Louisiana State University's, uh, mm-hmm. like just ag department will put bans on them. And if you kill one of those, like, oh, it's it's cool, but it's not as cool as like, I mean, no offense, mine, you know? Yeah, because we had we had two buddies shoot ones that were banded by LSU Shreveport, yeah. and they shot them both Across- within within two miles. Yeah within two miles of where they were banded at. Yeah. So it's like super, super local birds. But what I was thinking of is like, how cool would that be? Is it, if y'all like, you know, you got with like, just what you said, basically is like you get with LSU ag, you get with Mississippi state ag. I know they have a big ag department and you get with these people and you're like, look, we don't, we don't want any money. We just want you to, we want the kids or the people to be able to log their bands into here because I mean, you know, as well as I do, like, my generation doesn't want to call and talk to anybody. We don't no, want to do right. all that stuff. Like even when we go in the WMA now, finally in Louisiana, I just have an app. I check in, check out. You know, I killed nothing is what I usually do, and uh, you know, check out. So <laughs> yeah. um, that that would that would be way easier. Yeah, I think you know if, again, the whole mindset is like, hey, how can we keep on lowering barriers of entry for you know either good data or success in the field? So hundred percent stuff like that. I was working with like Delta or DU or something. Yeah. I don't know if there's organizations like that that makes sense, but yeah, totally agree with you. Totally agree with you. So I heard you. I heard you answer this, but I want you to tell everybody how is because this blew my mind. I don't know if you listened deep enough into the podcast that he was on. How many uh, people are on your app? On the app, I think we had about like I'm trying to think of last year's data that we got. It's like about 1.4 million active users. That plus, and not a one wanted to mention it to me. <laughs> <laughs> not one person wanted to mention it to me, which is absolutely nuts. That's so wild. a better social circle. <laughs> yeah, no, kidding, like guys like him, like come on, man, do a little research. Look, uh, look what else is out there. I've used a competing brand for a few years now, and I, I don't really. I thought it was the only one. I saw. I, I know of one more because I've just kind of uh, stumbled upon it on a podcast, and then you guys popped up. Uh, I can't remember how somewhere on Instagram and I just mean downloaded. I was like, this is cool. You know, and you guys have all these other crazy features that other people, you know, don't have. Uh, But so within those 1.4 million, are you able to track saying the words track their data? Sounds terrible. Collect, collect. Are you able to collect some data and figure out some things just from the average user? Generally, but I think the one thing we want to do is get better data. Yeah. I think we want to make it like a two-way kind of conversation of like to ask questions and get responses backwards more just of, just of just like figuring out what we think people are doing. Just ask. So I think that's going to be one thing you'll probably see that we'll probably figure out ways to communicate within the app to our users in a better way and like ask questions that they are interested in versus like, okay, we think they might want to know this or let's make mm-hmm. this change because we think they want to do this based on their actions. Well, there might be other reasons they're doing certain things in the app that we might not be taking in consideration. So I think for us, we need, we always want to be better at communicating with our users. So I think 
create in that messaging where we can you know whether it's a push notification or some sort of modal that pops up say hey you know xyz kind of you know how's you know podcast working for me did you see anything did you not right and one thing that we're interested in like harvest report like it doesn't necessarily show like oh someone else is going to come to where you got a deer it's like hey this state this is deer this is my county that information won't just be helpful for everyone hunt wise but we probably make be able to make hunt cast even more accurate for your specific geographic location you know the more data we can get it get in we need to deliver a better result for you guys right. so if there's like ways that you're putting a two-way street of communication where you're inputting data where it's like hey shot this harvested this this is time this is my county that helps us on the back end okay we need we're 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 80 there I look at that next 20% of being on the money. No, 100% of the time. No, I know right. 100% is hard, but how can we strive for that? So no, I know one thing that I've done in the past is, is try to log, you know, saw two does in this stand. You know, the weather was like, you know, the weather was overcast, high of 40, you know, stuff yeah, like it's that. like um, doing that before. So I can, I can try to better figure out how the movement it is on my, on the property. 100%. No, I think uh, I'm trying to look for this journal, but it's like, you know, every, every, not every, a lot of hunters, old school, new school, they all write down whether it's on a piece of paper or on their phone. They're always trying to like, we're always trying to be better and like understand the why, like there's right. so many different X factors to it. Like there's, you know, we can only be as good as we can be, but there's X factors we can't account for. Like if the farmer has cut the field, yeah. And all of a sudden you don't see any deer. We can't, and then we think it's a five deer day just based on the weather, but you don't see anything. Like, oh, you know, home wise was, was off. But we can't just, we can't, we're not there on boots on the ground knowing that, hey, a farmer cut the field. All those deer that probably were are actually in that field, you know, eating now just because there's that food source that's more right. available to them. Or on the flip side, and something we're trying to start doing more is like, you know, especially if like gun season, just like, Midwest, we have the orange armies that come out and that will just you know, make the deer go crazy. Like all that pressure in the woods. And for us, like we're trying to figure out how can we account for that? Because, you know, we think it's a great day, but, you know, it's third day, fourth day into gun season. There should be some sort of X factor in there that takes account to saying there's probably a lot of pressure in the woods, especially if you're in public. Now, maybe if, if you're on private and you leave a spot alone all archery season, and you haven't really messed around in there and like you're waiting for all your neighbors to basically drive deer into your hardwoods and just and they feel safe there there's different x factors where you're you might see a ton of deer and we say it's a two deer day but right taking account to that you know farm season is driving people into your property there's different things that we have to take account for that i think we're aware of and we're trying to figure out how we can make that in the app better and having the harvest data report information you know, we can tell based on the season, okay, is during gun season, is during archery season, there's things that we can pull in to help account for some of those X factors. And again, like figuring out if people want to say, yeah, my uh, neighbor's cutting corn or with XYZ. Okay, yeah. that's an X factor that we can right. put into the app potentially. That but, changes that changes the, the movement a lot. Yeah, and mm -hmm. there's no, obviously, like you're saying, there's no way you'll ever know everything, but like on a five day, Five deer day. I'm going this year. Oh, 100 percent. Like I'm gonna, I'm gonna take off work. I'm gonna take a sick day. Don't listen to that, boss. I'll bleep that out later on. 
<laughs> I'm, I'm for sure doing that. Do you think, because yeah. uh, Nathan, like, you know, like I said, I'd listened to some podcasts that you were on before and I know that, um, you know, you grew up hunting and, and uh, obviously you didn't have the app. Yeah. And now, you know, and then you came to hunt wise kind of, I think maybe once it was kind of developed, but yeah, you yeah, just speak on how the app, I mean, just changed hunting for you a little bit. Yeah, and like so, my background, like, um, I was I was born in Korea. I was adopted when I was six months old, and was fortunate enough to be adopted to a family that hunted. So my dad took me and brother out. You know, like his dad hunted, his brother hunted. So it was you not know, one of those things we just did. He just went out. He would bring us out there, you know, just to be experienced. It. You know, we have a deer camp in the Upper Peninsula of Michigan. Um, and it's one of those things. Like, yeah, this is how we live life, and then throughout high school, college, I had a lot of friends. I didn't have friends that hunted. Like, it was, so I was like, all right, I'm not into this as much because I'm more focused on my social. Right. You know, yeah. I think of age and then, um, yeah, as everyone. And about, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So I fell out of hunting then, you know, just as my journey progressed, blah, 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 I got connected with HuntWise. And I was like, man, this is cool. I, you know, I get to sort of get back into this community that, you know, I knew of, was part of, but getting back into has been awesome. And, you know, working you know, for HuntWise and having the app has really helped me, like, gain a whole new understanding to deer that I never would have probably gotten from my dad just because there's so many different, I guess, levels of, you know, ability to transfer that knowledge down. Um, so, yeah, it's been pretty impactful, like, you know, reigniting this passion. And, you know, it's been such a great experience of, you know, being a participant, but also hopefully helping develop it into a positive space um so yeah it's been awesome it's been yeah. awesome I'm, I'm looking forward to using it um again it has changed it is it's changed a lot for me really really my time in the bathroom has changed a lot it's not it's not tiktok <laughs> now i'm just constantly on this app uh, yeah. my wife's gonna hate that i said that but it is true she's like she's so mad i want she wants me to help with the baby i'm like in a second <laughs> I gotta use the bathroom. Yeah, I gotta use the bathroom. Like, she starts mean, putting you on fiber pills or something else like that yeah. to make things move a little faster. It's like, Dude, uh, that, you... <laughs> that's like three cheat codes you're giving me, Nathan. Yeah, there we go, man. Dude, life lessons yeah. right there, man. Yeah, and you're like, you want to see if I'm lying? Go in the bathroom. So, yeah, oh, yeah. That's terrible. That's terrible. She's gonna hit that part. I'm leaving this all in, by the way. Love it. Um, love it. But anyways, Nathan, man, I, I'm super appreciative of you coming on, man, and yeah. uh, and and kind of teaching us because. Uh, you know, I'm new to it. Uh, I play on it, like I said, a lot. Uh, you know, Jacob has this past week. We may have to hit you up with some questions and whatnot, but Absolutely. we're going to try to learn and um, and produce some content for you guys. Somehow, maybe, you know, our how-to reels and whatnot, 100%. Um, you know, and, and show how we're going to use it because it's something that, you know, like I said, before me and Nathan talked, before I even hit him up for an email, I used the app to see if I even liked it. And uh, we used it on a scouting trip, and I was like, I'm going to hit them up. I'm going to see, you know, if I can use this for Hunter's Ed because it's a, it's a legitimate good tool. Uh, I would use it if he, you know, if he wasn't on board with us, um, regardless. You know, it if takes, didn't have it a, takes a lot code. out of – it takes a lot of the legwork out of it. Absolutely. That you don't have to do – that you don't have to wait till you get out there to do. You, know, you can see some of the topography. You know, you can see, you know, the water that right. runs through it and kind of get a game plan to get in there because – a lot of times when we go to scout, we don't really know what we're looking at. Yeah, hundred percent. Until yeah. we get there, and then we start. Yeah. We we waste two or three hours wandering around in the woods. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then go, oh, there's a creek right here. That if we'd have just looked, <laughs> you know, we just looked at an updated map. Yeah, correct. 
Correct. You know, because a lot of times can... you look at Google, and it's a it's a picture from 2012. Yeah. Well, there none of those trees are even there anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Last well, question. Yeah, Nathan, because I, I know we've had you on for 30 minutes, and, I, and it's a oh, you're good. But how how do you have updated satellite pictures than like other apps? We have our sources. Gosh dang it. <laughs> I was about to get a fourth cheat code. Yeah, I was about to get a fourth cheat code. Yeah, because it is very updated. Uh, yeah, I think, you know, that's the one thing we really are focused on. And know, like, the country as a whole, this is just for satellite mapping in general, that is a little tricky because, you know, we don't have our own satellite. We wish we did. No. Right. I know some people say they have planes or, like, uh, this other term. I don't know. But, there are organizations that own satellites strictly for mapping. You know, they're the ones that provide mapping for like the companies like uh, giant real estate companies, you know, Uber and all these things that need to have high quality mapping, but those are focused on metropolitan areas. Right. And we're trying to find sources that are doing where we hunt, like the rural areas that aren't in the city limits. And even with that, there are cases where the satellites are on a grid. You, know, you can't move a satellite with like, there's not some guy sitting in a room with like a, like a, a joystick moving the satellite yeah. around like- a, Although that's what I like believe. Tetris. <laughs> I, you know, I wish we had one. Yeah. That'd, be, uh, that'd be what I'd be doing right now. <laughs> um, but like they're on a grid pattern and you know, whether it's once a year covers the, the country and like, you know, until next year it comes back again. But there's some companies that have resources where they're either be able to tap into other satellites that just happen to be over the country more often and are covering areas that other satellites aren't covering. So there's way there's there are providers out there that we use that are really focused on getting that best quality imagery um, as up to date as possible until they know whether it's the next year or next six months that uh, they can get another satellite to cover that same area. Um, one thing I know I would love to do is to find something satellites that purely go over parts of the country or the whole country when it's wintertime, when there's no, no tree right. cover. Um, right. You know, I know that's one question we get all the time. Can we get just only winter? You know, again, we can't control when the satellite goes over. You know, if right. it's springtime, summer, winter, or uh, the fall. But it's one of those things like there's more and more people are interested in satellite imagery in other industries, other spaces. And we're just trying to figure out how we can tap into that more and more and get better quality and different season of quality um, to make it a better experience. Because we know, like, hey, you know, we always have boots on the ground so we can help right. people optimize the time, find those land features that they're looking for sooner. Um, you know, second thing, too, I just want to bounce off that. Like, you guys know what you guys are looking for, but I think there's so many other people that it'd be sweet to figure out how can we educate people on, like, land train even more within the app like there's tons of questions from new hunters like if they don't understand ridges or how thermals work right um you know what's the importance of having a giant creek running up and down will that camera I send up or carry it down and there's so many different x factors of or just pieces of knowledge that it's hard to put into the app in like you know five seconds but i think that's something we're really interested in figuring out how we can help people learn as soon as possible like a like a like a quick tips, you know, it's like a how to hunt. Yeah. One on one. Like, like when you're playing yeah. a video game and it's like, press X to this. Yeah. 100%. But like, yeah. if, you know, I mean, living in the world like 2050 now, but like, what if, what if the map came up and it was like, this is probably the best place you want to hunt right here? And you're like, how do you even know that? Yeah. yeah. Just based yeah. off of photography and all that stuff, that'd be 
that'd be really cool where you could just pull it up and it just no you probably want to put your stand here on this facing day and all that yeah. but that's probably a lot of data you got to collect yeah. <laughs> well, we always joke that you know we're we always position you know home wise as oh like we're a tool but almost like a shovel and so i'm good for when you're digging a hole but I think the thing we're trying to get into the the next phase, I think that we're going to be focused on is like how can be like the guide in your pocket, you know, right? Not necessarily like you need us because there's some experience that you already have underneath your tool belt that you already have in previous hunts. But how can we support those? You know, and verify or validate those things you already know and say, yeah, you are right. This is what you should be doing. But then also for the new hunters, like almost if like you're not going out with a like a father figure or a parent figure or something like yeah, that, right. teaching them the wrong way. How can we eliminate that? Or how, how can we lower that barrier of entry of just that knowledge barrier for so many people? If they don't have someone like you teaching them in a class, yeah. like it's hard. It, it is uh-huh. hard to yeah. like, get into it. Yeah. yeah. God, that's great. That's good stuff. Yeah. yeah Cause I, I mean, me, I gave me the heebie-jeebies. I think I made my hair stand up a little bit. <laughs> it got me fired up. That was good stuff. Yeah, man. Cause well, when you're like, getting into it and you don't have nobody, like you don't, you don't know. Well, that too, and, and the hunting industry is kind of, uh, it's intimidating. It's intimidating from the outside. Correct. To, mm-hmm. get in, Correct. You know, to kind of get in there. But yeah. once you're in there, you realize. Correct. Like, I'm sure you guys know this with like the, uh, the wildlife biologists and stuff. If you just called the, you know, the wildlife substation or whatever in this part of the, this state, I mean, they'll talk to you for 30 minutes. Maybe, yeah. they, maybe it's because they're up there by themselves and they have nothing yeah, else to do. They're but, literally yeah, there's, there's a, yeah. but they are very willing to just give you all the information they have. You know, and they, I mean, that's their passion. They want that information to be out. And they want to share it along. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. No, that's a it's great idea. Fun. Just like I thought, like, man, we should have those num- phone numbers just to call you landowners. Like, hey, here's the local, no. Like a directory. Number. Oh. Yeah, directory. Just, hey, these are people we should call. This is your first uh, for scouting going to that county out state. Call this number first if you're hunting this county. Just get get the lowdown from uh, someone who has boots on the ground. Um, I know I'm sort of going on a little bit more, but I think it's something important that I know there's not old school hunters, but there's people in the space that think, oh, you need to learn through the hard knocks. Right. Like, I get that, no paying your dues, whatever, but there's something where it's like, if you really, really want to keep hunting going and not lose lose that, Mm-hmm. You need to grow it. Like if it's a dying space, you know, there's less, you know, push to get legislation, X, Y, Z push to keep habitat, keep land management. And that way, if we need more people in the space to keep the momentum going where we can keep on doing this for multiple generations. I, I 100% agree because, you know, there's, um, I don't know the numbers I would have known had I not needed them, but you know, there's like, there's, there's not that many hunters out there. There's really not, there's, there's more hunters than there are people against hunting. Mm-hmm. But then there's a lot of people in the middle that are pretty lukewarm mm-hmm. and they just don't hunt. Maybe they just don't hunt, you know, maybe they just yeah. do what they do. But then like, I've got some buddies that I take on a squirrel hunt every year and I, I don't even bring a gun. I just go and I watch them and like, <laughs> yeah, they're grown men and they learn, excuse me. And, uh, and and it's just fun. It's just fun to kind of share your knowledge and and and, and just have another hunter and like just encourage another outdoorsman. And mm-hmm. so if you could have an app, you know, like what like what you're saying, and and like obviously if they just told me where to throw my stand up, that'd be sick. 
But if it could give you some, like, just some quick how-tos, I mean, that's why we do a YouTube channel. That's mm-hmm. why we do yeah. tips. That's why we do this. That's what, you know, that's why we do that. It's not because, I mean, we've made tens of dollars doing this. Believe it or not, we're not, <laughs> you know, we're not uh, podcasters full time, you know, but we do it really just because we, we love to, to share, and, right. you know, and I love talking about our mistakes more yes. than anything. 100%. You know, not 100%. everybody needs to lose their gun, nope. you know, or drop a gun <laughs> in the water. You're not everybody needs to fall out of a deer stand. Like that can be prevented if you just follow Kepler Creek Outdoors. <laughs> <laughs> love it, love it. Yeah, totally agree. I think. Um, no, here's one. Here's a stat that I can know. I, I think out of roughly like five hundred thousand new hunters do a hunter certification every year. I think about twenty-eight to thirty percent of those people never buy a license. Really? Really? Yeah, it's it's stupid high, and we're trying to figure out why is that? Is it yeah. they don't have a place to hunt? They don't have someone to take them hunting, or there's so many different questions out there that we're trying to figure out why that is. That pisses me off because I just spent like an hour putting in forty names that I just I just taught my class, and you know everybody's good or whatever, so I had to put everybody's name. And everybody's only thirty address. of them are going to buy a license. Yeah, and only like ten of them are ever going to buy a license, you know, or go hunting. <laughs> Wish they could have just I, told I, me that. I bet it has a lot to do with, you know, uh, land availability or 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 the the intimidation of of trying to get in on public land. To somebody new to it, it can be pretty intimidating. Yeah, you know, hundred percent. Like you, because you just ex, you know you have this vision in your head of, you know, there's going to be a a thousand people out there, and I, and these people have probably been there forever, and they they know all the good spots or. Or I don't really want to, you know, intrude on somebody else's spot. Well, you know what everybody envisions is that viral video that went out a couple of years ago uh, in Arkansas. Like every duck hunter thinks of that. Oh yeah. Where there's like mm-hmm. banging into one another, everybody's getting ran over and this and that. That's the wildest. I've never been a part of something. I've been part of something that was close to that, but not exactly <laughs> like that. You know, in years past, and they got a hold on that. They got a they got a control on that. But, uh, but I, I do. I think you're right. I think you're right. I, I think that they they're looking for a spot to go hunt, you know, p- uh, private land, you know, whether they can get permission or, or something like that. But I, and I think that they're a little intimidated, the public land part portion of it. Yeah. Maybe do, uh, yeah. Yeah. I think if, you know, if you're a parent and you're a 14 year old, you know, son or daughter wants to go hunting, you're out and you're as a parent, I guess, let's say you never hunted before you have low interest to it. It's, it's different from my guard. I'm going to wake up Saturday morning going to the soccer game. Mm-hmm. Right. But it's like, would you, the idea for a parent to send their, or to drive their child to a piece of public land with a bunch of vehicles, there's guys with guns. You don't know. Like, uh, I don't know these people. There's guns. Like, I don't know if I like this. Right. So, but I think the, the main way to solve it is figure out how you get that peer-to-peer kind of connection or right. that mentorship, which it's a tough nut to crack to figure that out like how do you get people to take other people out but i think as more and more people talk about it because i think more people get joy like you said about squirrel hunting taking someone new out it's like having your own kid hunt for the first time it's like yeah. it's just like you're not going to be pulling the trigger you're going to want, you want your kid to pull right. the trigger right yeah. or a fling arrow, whatever it may be um but it gives you a whole new perspective to the sport, to the community. Absolutely. And I think that's where it's like, if you, we get more people to take new people out, that's, that's great. That's how we keep things going. And that's how you get that 30% drop off to like 15 to 10. Um, 
things like that. Things like what you guys are doing though, that has a huge impact on it. It's like talking about it and, you know, taking people out. That's yeah. huge. What you guys are doing. Yeah, well, I mean, you think about it, you know, a lot of times we think about it and we don't think we're really making that big of an impact, but if, you know, if one person, I'm, fire, I'm fired up right now. I'm fired up. Yeah. <laughs> Here's what I think. It's like, I, you know, like we talk about it all the time, Nathan, like, just being 100% honest, man, we, we, I have some family land and like, uh, I have like 150 acres near my house. And then I'm going to hunt public land this year with one of our buddies, Travis. We're going to try to kill a public land deer. We've never killed a deer on public land. Ducks, yes, deer, no. It's not something I've ever wanted to do because I've always had private land. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's, it, it can be like incredibly intimidating. But where I was going was that it's like, we don't just like kill trophies every time. Like we are the most average of average hunters of all time. But then, but every year I renew my life. Well, I have a lifetime, but every year I'm going to go like every yeah. year because I, I just love hunting. Like yeah. my wife gets so pissed off. Like not really, but like I may go and kill no it's, ducks. I'm going to yeah. wake up the next morning with that same intensity. Fired up. Like, mad at him. Mad at every mad duck at that ever flew. I got to kill them all, dude. Let's get them. <laughs> like, you know, like that's, that's, uh, you know, as cringe or as corny as this may be. And like, I know that you feel this way too, Nathan. I know Jacob does like, it's not what it's all about. Like killing, killing the biggest deer, killing, uh, you know, a, a limited mallards or whatever is not what it's about. But if you get into the sport thinking that's what it is, you're going to be miserable the entire time you hunt. Mm -hmm. right? You're going mm -hmm. to be miserable as if, if you think that I've got to go out here and I've got to kill a one sixty class deer in order to post it on Instagram, then your life, your life, that hunt is going to suck. It's most likely mm -hmm. going to suck. Because like in your lifetime, you may kill one of those deer. You may kill two or three if you're just blessed with. You may get the chance to see one. You may get the chance to yeah. see one. I saw yeah. one last year, you know, at 70 yards and I had my bow. I didn't bow hunt the rest of the year. I was pissed. <laughs> I took my <laughs> rifle in my bow. Uh, but, you know, so I, I, I think that like that deters people, honestly. I, and that's why we kind of we go at it at the, as the average outdoorsman perspective. Mm -hmm. I think it deters people when they're like, well, I'm never going to kill ducks like this dude. I'm never going to kill a deer like this dude. I don't have the money to do that. Like, yep. you don't need money. Like, more than anything, like y'all are talking about, like, you need relationships. You need to just go and, uh, as corny as it may be, like, just be kind to people, you mm -hmm. know? Yeah, we, 100%. Went the, we went to the Delta Waterfowl, or no, you didn't go. Me and my buddy Jordan went Friday to the Delta Waterfowl Expo in Little Rock, Arkansas. We met with one of our sponsors, Dirty Duck Coffee, shout out. And uh, while we were there, though, we just walked around and there wasn't a single person there, you know, no matter how big or small that wouldn't just talk to you and just BS with you about hunting or outdoors. Yeah. It's a shared passion that we all have that you can strike up a conversation. Like that's why I care. Like you can just walk around, you can go to the store or supermarket and you see someone wearing XYZ camo hat or t-shirt and you already know, like, cool. I can talk to this guy. Yeah. Right. You know, I, I know I can have something to relate with this person. You can start by, strike up a conversation that's the fun part about this space that Absolutely. is something we all share you have business owners you have blue blue collar you have all the whole spectrum that's all that one thing that you can relate relate on and it's just like ah you feel like you're part of like a it's like a fraternity of some right sort or people love like talking <laughs> hunting yeah, like yeah. They love talking like you know talking about that we were in oklahoma once and we struck out struck out you know duck hunting and i we went to Bass Pro or Cabela's or something like that in Tulsa and uh, ran into a guy looking at duck calls and I just randomly struck up a conversation with him and he's like, 
hey man take my number you know if you guys are, if you guys come back up here call me i'll take you and i was yeah. like oh i wish i would have had your number or, you know, <laughs> yesterday before I, before I spent you know six hundred dollars on a hotel for a week right yeah two hundred dollars in gas but you know i got his number on my phone still and if i ever make it back if i ever make it to tulsa i'm hitting yeah. i think his name is chet shout out chet shout, shout out chet, chet. yeah <laughs> Yeah, everyone man. everyone needs to chat yeah you know, Everybody I, needs a chat. I think that's the thing too and i think always you need a chat you need to be a chat to someone exactly absolutely yeah that's yeah. what hunt wise can do for you that's yeah we'll we'll be your chat that's right <laughs> yeah big chat guy yeah big, big chat guy hunt wise right there everyone's chat everyone's yeah. chat. that's where i'm gonna make a t-shirt tonight says be somebody's chat <laughs> And I'm gonna wear it and just to have that conversation with people. I hope that guy's name's Chet. Yeah, <laughs> I really like, hope so. He's probably, he could be listening. Like, my name's, my name's John. Tom. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. this moron. Yeah, you probably shouldn't say everyone needs a John because that has different cognitations. So. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, yeah, okay. Yeah. Still Chet, even if his name's John. It's Chet. Yeah, I like Chet. Chet's a cool name. Yeah. Well, but. Nathan, man, I appreciate it. Let's not let this be the last time. I mean, let's. Let's talk maybe yeah. mid-season or after-season and, and talk Absolutely. about We'll tell you how much better hunters we are from hunt-wise, and uh, you can make fun of us for killing spikes. Uh, you can, <laughs> I'll tell you all the deer I missed. How about that? Yeah, all right. Sounds like a party. Yeah, sounds like a riot. All right, <laughs> Appreciate, Appreciate it. you, man. Nice to meet you, Awesome. Buddy. Great talking. All right, so we just finished up recording with Nathan. I feel like that stepbrother scene, like, do we just become best friends? 100%. Like, just a cool dude. Yeah. I, I mean, I love... You know, like we talked about in that interview, like just the camaraderie, the fellowship, the the community yeah. of hunting. And and what I took away from that was, you know, not just that, but what I took away from, you know, talking to Nathan was uh, just how much more the app is. Like, like you said in the intro, right? you know, when you first look at the app, you're just assuming it's just another hunting maps app. But there's more to it, and I think these guys are not doing even that. It's it's a better map. It's a better map. He wouldn't one. even tell. All right, let's talk about it. Nate, I asked Nathan how his satellite images were better than everybody else's, and he didn't really want to talk about it. He said we have our sources. We have our sources. Didn't so, want to talk about it. So is that like uh, Russia? I'm kidding. No. <laughs> the FBI. The I don't FBI. Know. No, but but, uh, but I, I I thought that there's more to the app you know, the, the hunt cast and, and, but I think those guys at hunt wise are doing a lot of cool things and they're, they're really trying to, you know, take their product to the next level. And they're, right. they're using a lot of data points and they're trying to expand it to build the community and get all this information to make your hunts better. And Correct. I, I'm fired up about it. Like, yeah, not to like basically repeat the interview, but I am fired up that, they're basically wanting the HuntWise app to be, I mean, be your hunting dad. Like, I know that's weird to say, <laughs> like, be my dad, but. You're not my dad. Yeah, you're not my dad. Like, it, it's it's different, but that's that was a great point. So, I'm excited about that. Uh, but moving on, our weekly segment. The fan favorite. The fan favorite, Leaky Waiters. So, if you're new to the show, Leaky Waiters is where me and Jacob or whoever's on with us, we basically talk about something that sucked from the past week. Uh, let it be known that last week, Jacob had such a good week. Was it? Yeah, it was last week. You didn't have a leaky waiter. Your only leaky waiter was that your wife was gone. 
and then you were having to do stuff around the house. Yeah, that sucked. And that does suck, that but, does like, suck. your leaky waiter, in a sense, brought, you know, like, your wife was fired up. She was like, oh, you're so sweet. Like, congrats. It must have been, like, a short week, and yeah. I was home by myself. Yeah. So I didn't have anything to mess up. Yeah. You know, if I messed it up, like, mm, it was Yeah, there. it doesn't matter. It's just you. Wife doesn't get on to you for anything. So there you go. Oh, man. I'm. I, look, I thought I had one, and then now I'm starting to think of all just the – I went home. Went to Michigan. Went to Michigan. Went to my parents. You know, it's where I'm originally from. It's where my whole family lives. Um, and so I only go, and they don't watch the show anyway, so I can. But, uh, you know, I only go home once a year, maybe twice a year. Right. And that's, there's because there's only so much I can take. <laughs> of, your, of your parents? I mean, do you go to your dad's house or your mom's house for? I mean, I just got back. For from a week mom's. at a time? For a week at a time, no. Like, do you stay over there for more than five hours? I don't think any hours? grown person, yeah. But I don't think any grown person goes for weeks at a time, unless they're like you and they live out, out of state. Yeah. I mean, it's just, I mean, it's tough. You know, it's, you know, it's, you're being around, you're around people that you're not normally around. You're not at your house. You're not. Right, yeah. You got to do whatever you had to do in school. Yeah, stuff that you, that you had to change as soon as you got out of the house. Yeah. Like, maybe you like throwing your socks a certain spot. Your mom doesn't let you. Well, as soon as you moved out, you threw the dirty towel somewhere. My mom don't care what I do. Okay, whatever. <laughs> so tell us about your leaky waiter. Um, so I talked about it a little bit in that interview with, with Nate, but uh, you know, I had I had a couple missteps in my flight choice. Right. You know, usually so when I back in the day, and I say like a couple years ago, I'm six five. I don't fit in the normal seat. Right. You know, my knees to back of my butt ratio is very long yes it's literally Knees to back of the butt ratio what i found out today was it's the exact same size as the back of the seat in front of you <laughs> to the front of your seat back of your seat yes um that's literally my thigh length <laughs> i found that out today i was like i was literally touching both going there's no room in here but anyway so normally what i do and this sounds terrible sounds it's almost embarrassing to say but so what I usually do is I get, you know, I get I pay the regular price. Yeah. And then I show up just a little bit early and I'm the guy that goes to the front of the counter when I show up and check in. But when I check in, I always go, "Do you have any exit row seats available?" And sometimes they'll look at how big I am and go, "Right. Brother, you need a big seat." Wow, cheat code. We're yeah. all full of cheat codes this episode. Uh, not a cheat code anymore. You're going to find out. So okay. or you know, since I, I mean, some of y'all know, but I'm in the military. So sometimes I'll, I do the old, like I, when I get pulled over, I pull up my military ID on it. Yeah. Oh, so, sorry, sorry, wrong. I'm just so used to pulling this one out. <laughs> then I slide it back in and grab my, my, my driver's license. But so. Thank you for your service. But so when, when I, you know, go to check in and right. ask for a exit row seat, I'll usually slide that up. Oh, do you need my ID? And they'll look and usually they'll go. Oh, yeah. And they'll go ahead and switch my seat and yeah. give me an exit row. Whether that's because of my ID or because they see that I'm very large. Right. Um, so I flew to, I didn't even ask and leaving out of Shreveport to Dallas. It's a 45 minute flight. Like, usually. Good for I, you, man. Usually. But look, when I got to Dallas, I was hurting. <laughs> hurting. Like, there is that no 30 minute flight. There is no, if you got somebody next to you, there's no way to get comfortable when you're, right. when your legs are touching the front. And, and then there's, I can next imagine to you, at 5'8, you can't lean, you know, like you 
cross it. You're trying to find out every every combination of leg movement to get in the right spot. But anyway, so I I get to Dallas and I I'm literally hustling to the next gate because I'm trying to get there and yeah. and listen. Do you got one? And my wife's calling me and I'm stressed because I'm I'm in pain. My back hurts. My legs hurt. So I get over there and uh, very nice lady. I said, uh, "Do y'all have any exit row seats?" Why well, I, I I was still trying to because I had my my wallet in my bag and I'm still trying to pull it out yeah. to do that, but I was already at the counter, so I had to kind of like start talking yeah. before I can get in my routine. All right. And I go, "Do you have any uh, exit row seats?" I'm trying to get my ID out, and she goes, "It'll be forty nine ninety nine for the upgrade." And I was like, "Finally get it." I go, "What if this? What if oh. I had one of these?" It was like the most like like I feel bad about doing. It. Well. I felt bad about doing it. Yeah. Um, and she kind of laughed, and she goes, let me see. She's typing in some stuff. She goes, look, I can't give you the boarding pass, but I'm going to tell you this. The seat right behind you is an exit row seat. It's and, empty. And it's empty. Okay. So I'm like, look at God. Look, she's, she's smiling at me. I go, you're the best. She yeah. goes, thank you. So when I go to get on, I scan my boarding pass, and she and we look at each other, and she smiles. She goes, "Thank you for your service," and I go, "I really appreciate you." Yeah, uh, we get all we get on, and I sounds terrible again, but I get to board first. Yeah, it's it's first class, and if you have a military ID, which low key is a huge like if you're thinking about joining the military, do it's it just deal. to get on the get on 10% the plane first. Ten Lowe's and Home Depot too. That's right. But being able to get in your seat first and put your bag up, you're always going right. to have a spot for your, your carry-on, yada, yada, yada. So I sit down, and, I, and I'm and i like, I wonder how many other people in these exit rows. Another guy gets in. He sits. It's two two rows, you know, so four mini rows, two right. four sides or whatever. Uh, one guy's in the corner opposite of me. And then a lady comes on, and I can tell she looks at the seat in front, and then she goes, meh, and she sits down there. And I go, don't you ruin this for me, lady. Don't, <laughs> don't you, you ruin do this it. for me, don't lady. Don't you do it. So as all the passengers come on, um, I see the flight attendant. He walks back, and he's looking at his, like, tablet thing. Yeah. And he's looking, he's looking. And I'm like, here we go. And he asks the lady, and she goes, she goes, oh, yeah, I, well, I'm supposed to sit here, but I, I noticed nobody was sitting here. Is it all right if I sit here? He goes, no, ma'am. That's an upgrade. Uh, we can't, can't let you get a free upgrade or whatever, blah, blah. I go, here, here we go. I'm like looking down. He goes, sir, sir, excuse me, sir. I'm like, oh, yes, yes, what's up? <laughs> <laughs> and he goes, sir, what's your, uh, what seat is your boarding pass? I go, it's 15A, but the lady, the lady at the front said me, told me I can go ahead and sit in 16A. And he goes, uh, the lady at the front, flight attendant or at the counter? And I said, the counter. And he goes, well, I'm at the caller. Oh, my God. I start gathering my stuff together. Yeah, right? oh, yeah. Here we go. But, uh, he told me that they don't do that anymore. Like you, so so as I'm as I have to move, I have yeah, to move. Yeah, there is only one person in in any exit row seat. So they're all free. They are open. Come on, it could be like a Garth Brooks concert and bring the people that are in the sucky seats down to the nice ones. Right. Just for being, I just be nice. You have to go because I've sat in the exit row many a times. Right. Because I've done my move. Right. Who are you briefing? That's what I'd say. Yeah, who who's there? You have to like give a briefing to them right, yeah. and ask him if they're. So they didn't do the briefing to the one guy. 
He was so just going to be there for every all exit. All of us getting out of that exit? Sir, what airline we, is this? American Airlines. American, let them know. I'm a proud member. Of, I have an American Airlines credit card, something like that. I don't know. But it, we need to let them know. It was we a leaky waiter because I had to sit. Mm, you had to sit in your assigned seat. You have to, no, I didn't. I had to sit in a regular seat, but yeah. But it's a two and a half hour flight from Dallas to Detroit. Yeah, you had to sit I in your sit in a regular seat. No, he get he was nice. He goes, look, I understand she was trying to, you know, be nice, and I appreciate your service too. But he said, what if I set you in your own row? So I had three seats, so I could kind of do whatever, you know. But the leaky waiter was, I can no longer use that move. It sounds bad, but. That was my move. I got I got first class going to going to Cancun on our honeymoon. Look, you don't look you're right now. The, what you're trying to do for is for the you, exit row. Yeah, what you're doing right now is you're justifying it in your own head, and that's fine. But you're not going to change what I think. Your leaky waiter is that you tried to get a free seat, <laughs> and instead of getting the best free seat, you got a better free seat. No, you didn't get the best one, but you got one that was better than yours. Yeah, there was three people in that. All row. right, I'm done. My I have an actual leaky waiter. If you want to hear it. <laughs> This is quite miserable, like doing this with you now. Because at first you had some really crappy things, but now you your your life's great, man. Your life's just great. I need your life to no. I'm not going to say that. Not going to say that. I need you to come next week with a legitimate leaky waiter. Like I've me. had a couple, but that one, that one, that one, I'm I'm not gonna lie. I was mad. I literally was sitting in my own row at that point. You know, there's Upset. people. If we crash, yeah, you don't know where you're going. Like nobody's going to know how to get out of this exit row seat because yeah. you didn't give them a briefing. That's true. Uh, my leaky waiter went to the Delta Waterfowl Expo. That was great. It was a fantastic time. And I don't have that bad one this, this week. I, I don't want to be negative this week. So um, went to just kind of looked around, went to a booth with the guys from Canvasback Waterfowl. You should check those guys out. Two really cool Texas A&M grad guys, um, just down-to-earth dudes. And they've got day jobs, but they have created this waiter that is a full-body waiter. So it's got your jacket and your bibs built in with, with, you know, obviously with the boot. It's a pretty cool, pretty cool concept. And so we're talking, and Jordan, who went with me, has been on the show before. Uh, he asked the guy, he's like, can I, can I try them on? He's like, absolutely. So he tries them on. I'm like, do you mind if I film for social? Absolutely. Do it, man. Go ahead. We have a great conversation. We talk. I actually take a picture of a vest, tell my wife to buy it for me for Christmas. It's a sick-looking vest. And uh, we roll out. So I get home. No. Yeah, I get home. I make a couple Instagram reels on Friday. Then I remember on Saturday, I'm like, oh, I have that video of Jordan getting in the waiters. So I, like, get on Instagram for a while, TikTok. I finally find a sound to match it up with, and I do the real man of genius. Classic. Classic. The Bud Light commercial. Uh, I put it on Instagram. Gets like 7,000 views, whatever, some engagement. That's great. You know, getting their name out there. Felt good about it. You know, oh, look at me doing doing a nice thing. Didn't get anything in return. No promo code, nothing. Free ad. Yeah, it's a free ad, legitimately. And they're cool dudes, whatever. So then I just posted on TikTok, too. And our stuff on TikTok lately, I think, has been getting shadow banned. I, don't, I think that we've got some quality content that's not being liked somehow. But anyways... So I post on TikTok. I don't even think about TikTok anymore. I go back to it like not even an hour later. 100,000 views. Right now, I don't know what it is right now. It's like 450. Okay, 450,000 views. In 28 hours. Yeah. So 
This is a leaky Congrats, waiter. Congrats, my guys. Yeah, it's my leaky waiter because I don't have a promo code. <laughs> I, I get emails. I get messages on Instagram. I didn't even know you could message on TikTok. Somehow some people are like, say hi to so-and-so. They're interested in your waiter. I don't know. I've been getting blown up about these waiters that aren't even mine. If I had a fraction of this company, obviously I'd be making a killing. Or if I just had a promo code that was like KCO20, I get 10% off of every sale because... 10% would be 100 bucks because they're a $1,000 waiter. People are like, I'm going to buy right now. I'm like, I just, I have no, I'm not And it wasn't anything. even like a, it was literally a video of him just. Putting on the waiters. Not, just wearing them. Yeah. And, oh, that's and true, yeah. Moving. Yeah, acting like, acting like he was shooting and, and stuff. Yeah. And then that was it. Yeah, that was it. So and it's almost at a half a million views in, in, in a day. And like, that's like 10 times anything that Canvas Back Waterfowls put on their TikTok. Again, I'm not mad at those dudes. I hope they make a bajillion dollars, but I just hope they remember the little man, like legitimately the little man that came and visited them. That made the, that put one sound on. They put on one a, sound on a random video of his buddy, and it went viral. Like boom, done. What's funny is people are commenting on there. It's like, you know, full body waiters. You know, the joke is when you're duck hunting, you fart. I'm gonna smell that one in a minute. That's gonna come up my waiters. And everybody's like, oh, if you got full body waiters on, you fart, man. What's gonna happen? I'm like. Probably the same thing if you fart, like, with clothes on, with clothes off, in waders, in the full, like, it's going to smell. It's going to suck. Like, and then somebody's like, what if you got to go number two? Bro, that that's that's inconvenient anyways. Like, in any type of waiter. It's it's going to feel like leaky waders if you don't take them off. Like, I, I was going to tell it. Don't tell it. Don't tell it. Don't tell another story. So, uh, that's it. I know this was a long episode, but man, do we appreciate you guys and appreciate the, uh, the support from our sponsorships and just from our listeners and the texts and stuff. It makes me feel like a freaking million bucks when I get a text and I'm like, Hey, love the podcast episode. So keep, you know, if you got my number, text me, we appreciate it. Make sure you subscribe to the YouTube, follow us on TikTok, Instagram, follow the podcast on Apple podcast, Spotify, do it all. Listen a billion different times, rate us, tell us how average we are. Besides that, Jacob, you got anything? No. We're rolling out. Enjoy it, guys. Go to church.